welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Teresa Isler, communication coach, business strategist, and founder of Connect to the Core, Inc. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you. So, Teresa, you have 35 years of experience working with hundreds of individuals and organizations, coaching them to how to get people to do what they want. You have also designed exclusive programs and methodologies and you do to help your clients get to the point where they want to. And the most important of all this is that everybody is worried about sales, selling something, selling an idea, selling whatever they want to in their own ways. And sometimes it is bordering non-ethical. And today that's why our topic is how to communicate and influence in a non-manipulative way. Can you tell us what exactly is ethical communication? Let's begin from that. Well, I mean, we can say it's ethical communication, but really the easiest way to think about it is, is it's, it requires taking your attention off yourself and putting it entirely on the other person. And that for most of us, we're very, we're very, we're very individualistic. We're very focused on ourselves in our communication, in our interactions. And when one is focused on themselves, it's very easy to uh, slip into behaviors that could cross the line. And, and the way to ensure that that doesn't happen is, is have your attention focused on whoever it is that you're attempting to influence or motivate. Right, right. So, Teresa, let us look at uh, communication uh, in three different settings. If there is any other setting, you may add. One is the personal communication that we communicate yep. with family and friends. Yeah. Then there is this work life where we communicate with our colleagues, our peers, whoever it is. And then there is this big area communication with clients, prospective clients, potential clients, and any other person there. So how does one still is able to earn his bread and butter, live a good, happy life at home, have a healthy relationship at work, and as I said, can earn his bread and butter uh, well without being manipulative about these things. I know it's, there are so many things into it, but this is just to put the ball in your court so that you can play it the way you want to. So please, right. over to you. So, so the, the big thing is, is how we operate, how we, the, the default way that we operate is we all are the center of our own universes right? I want what I want. You want what you want. And our universes collide. Yet each of us have things that we wish to accomplish. We have goals that we have set out. We have intentions that we want to take place. 
And if we stay at the center of our own universe, expecting that others are going to come join us, it's not going to happen. So the way that we get things done always is through other people. So it makes sense for us to join them where they are to understand how they're experiencing things, what they want. How do we, instead of focus on, here's what I want, instead go over and focus on what is it that you want and how can I support you in achieving that? And that may seem like an obvious thing in a business setting. Oh, how do I help my customers or my clients have what they want? I'm going to do this for them. I'm going, to, I'm going to focus on that. However, the same thing is true at home. Same thing is true internally is always focusing on what is it that they want? What's important to them? What is meaningful for them? And then you go and you are a partner to them in supporting them to accomplish what's important to them. And by doing that, you get what you want too. It's through that right. avenue. Right. Carry on. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> so that that may you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back and again take it in a business setting, and I'm gonna show you the difference. So most often, when we are in a business setting and we're talking to our customers or our clients. We go and speak about, here are my products. Here are my services. Let me explain to you about all the nuances and why we're so great and everything that's good about us. Me, 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 me. It's all focused on ourselves. Well, our customers and our clients are saying, yeah, but what do I get? I have this problem I'm trying to solve. I have this situation that I'm trying to correct. I have these, these aspirations that I need help with. What about me? And we're so focused talking about ourselves and what we do that we miss the opportunity to really distinguish ourselves of joining them with what's most important to us, to them. And we have a whole hierarchy of how we see businesses. At the bottom of the hierarchy is when you are a product or you are a service expert. You know your product, you know your service really well, inside out, which is good, it's important. And, and what it does is it throws you into the deepest level of competition that you're going to get into. You are a commodity. You're no different than, than selling, you know, uh, uh, coffee beans or selling any other kind of commodity. So there's not really a lot of distinction that you can make. My feature or my, this little widget that I have is better than yours. And so you get in, you get into that kind of feature dogfight. And the other thing is, is when you're competing in that area, what also happens is the only real distinction that you have is price. You get into price conversations a lot. When you move up this hierarchy is when you become a solution expert. You have crafted, here's a solution that's going to make a difference 
for people in their businesses. This is, I've got something that's better than the other solutions. Now, that is raising, it's, it's raising the level of that commoditization, yet it's still going to be commoditization. Where, when you get to the peak at the top of it, is when you are a problem expert. And that's when you know and understand the problems that your clients or customers are experiencing, those pain points that they have that they want to fix. Sometimes the problem is that they have big goals and they don't know how to achieve them. So it's not just like pain, but it's also the, the pain of not achieving what they want. So when you are a problem expert and you speak to that and you understand their problems better than they even know them themselves, that distinguishes you, pulls you apart from everybody else because nobody is talking to them that way. And then you go, and by the way, I understand this problem better than anybody else. And I've crafted a solution that is specifically designed to, to resolve that problem. And I have this whole array of products or services that I've developed to support the solution that addresses the problem. So it flips it around from how we naturally and normally approach our communication with our customers. Right. Right, Teresa. Now, when there is a communication, there is a message. Yes. When, yes. And, and when there and is a message. it's the right message. It's the right message, too. So how do you know sometimes not everybody is an expert. Somebody are just is a messenger. But then he's a very crucial part of that, you know, message delivery. Yes. So how do you know? Uh, or even if you are the leadership, uh, you don't know. Sometimes the pressure is too much. Uh, if yes. you are a listed company, the board is there. If you are not a listed company, but still there, there are, you know, people you are accountable to. So uh, how do you know that this is the right message? And secondly, this is also a non-manipulative message. How does one distinct make that distinction while they are preparing for that message delivery? A great question. Uh, the, the first thing, how you, how you know it's the right, right message, a couple of things. One is your results are going to be better. <laughs> so that's, okay. that's the really the, the easiest way. The other thing, and, and it's, it's interesting how rarely this is done, but one of the other things you can do is you can ask your customers, your clients, especially ones that are the, the I, I recommend this and we do this with our clients all the time, but I recommend looking at your customer base or your client base and identifying the top 10, the ones that they might not actually be generating the most revenue, but they're the ones that you would like to have more clients like them, that you enjoy working with them, that they generate good revenue, that it's just like, you know, that you feel like you get better and better the more you work with them. Have conversations with them 
and ask them, why do you do business with us? What is it that we do that really makes it worth your while and is valuable for you to do business with us? And is there anything that we're doing that you would like us to change that would make it easier for you or make it more valuable to you? Having that, we're so afraid to have these kinds of open, honest conversations. And when we're able to do that, one thing that happens is that we, we find out, like you said, is my message landing? Does it resonate? Is it solving the problems that are most important to them right now? And if it's not, it's a time to go back and adjust it. So, so that's, you know, aside from looking, am I getting the results? The other thing is, is have the conversation, have that relationship. This is, you know, this is you looking at how do I bring the most value to my clients? And the only way you can bring the most value is give them what they're hoping for or need to solve the problems that they're facing. Now you ask one other question, and that is, is what if, you know, first of all, you're right, leadership has to lead in this. <laughs> so, so leaders do have to lead in this and they have to identify, here's where we are focusing. And, and you know, when it gets down into the messengers, one of the things that I've seen, we, we've worked with, countless sales teams and help them shift in how they're having these kinds of conversations. And, and it's, and for many of them, it's a tough shift because they have been, I'm not going to say most salespeople haven't been trained. So, so it's not like somebody has taught them to do this. Well, what they've done is they've fallen into a default because what they have been trained in is here's your here's the product let me tell you all about the product have deep product knowledge and they haven't been trained or worked with um, been worked with in how do i have a conversation and go in to understand my clients so i can be their partner as they're as they are taking on the challenges that they have in their own businesses and they're looking at different ways that they can grow. Right, right, Teresa. Now, after you have fixed on the problem with the not so right message to the right message, then the thing is about messengers. Yes. How do you know who is the right messenger? And the practical aspect here, if I ask uh, to you know narrow it down, is that who will be your messenger? Will it be the salesperson who is knocking on the doors? Or is it the celebrity who is doing your endorsement outside as well as on the TV screens or as well as social media? How do you know what is the right messenger for you? Well, I think I, I think there are a couple of things to, to think about. First of all, anybody, anybody who has any touch point with your customers or your clients is your messenger. So if you, for instance, are in a retail environment, every single person that they see is a messenger. So they all have to be aligned with what it is 
that you that you are conveying. And that starts at the top and has to cascade and trickle through. Like everybody has to be aligned on that. And you have to check on it because you know we we get you know we get a little fuzzy on the edges. So you have to keep reinforcing it. But but the first thing is is anyone that has any interaction with your customers or your clients are your ambassadors. They are there and they are speaking on your behalf. So it's important that they know what the message is and that they are clear about what, how you treat your customers and clients, how you view that relationship. So, the, so that's an important thing, that it is, it is a relationship and that their job is to make sure that their clients and customers have a good experience, that it's like everything that they can do is to ensure that that experience is, is reinforced, that positive experience is reinforced. And that goes, that goes the same thing with <clears throat> if you were to choose a celebrity or a spokesperson who is outside of your um, of your company, that they're, that who they are, their image, their values are aligned with yours. If there is a discordant relationship there, you are, you are going to be sending mixed messages out there. Right, right. Now, earlier you said, uh, Teresa, was that if you have the right message, then you will get better results. If yep. right message can get you uh, better results, then are these right messages manipulative ones or the non-manipulative ones? Yeah. Well, I, I, my own point of view is that they are not manipulative. Now, I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this. There's a, a caveat, and this is this is part of my own value system. Is that um, is that I strongly believe that what it is that that allows for us to get the best results is when we are connected with each other. We all as human beings want to have that connection. Now, does manipulation work? It does. Sadly, it does work. And and it works in the short term and it's and this is this has been proven with very uh, all of the um, inbound kind of marketing that has happened is where they're going and they're grabbing more viewers and they're looking at more people who subscribe. And, and what happens is that they fall off because there's no relatedness. As soon as the manipulation, it's like we catch on, it's like, okay, I don't wanna be manipulated anymore. We, we fall off. And so there has to be a constant new influx of people to fill in where the ones are going, yeah, I've had enough, and they drop off. When you have a connected and non-manipulative relationship, it's long-term. You're in it together. You stay together. And it's, and, and it's um, the two different schools of thought of this actually come out of two different schools of thought of psychology. 
So there's the B.F. Skinner School of Psychology. That's that more manipulative thing. It's it's almost like Pavlov's dogs, right? If I do this, you get this. And if I do this, you get this. And it works. You know, it works. We become conditioned to do things, right? We get conditioned. It's clickbait, right? Then That's what that all is. Sorry to interrupt. Then it, it is it is Pavlov versus Maslow. Where exactly. Exactly. And 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 so those two schools of thought, my own internal personal value system says I'm I'm going the other way. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in something that is sustained for a long period of time that is really about me making a contribution in a good way and that I can inspire people to take specific action and get great results without having to, you know, uh, appeal to our most basic instincts. Instead, it's like I, I, you know, my my approach is speak to the bigness of people and and give them an opportunity to be their best. Instead of let's get down to the, you know, let's get down to the dirt. <laughs> right, right, Teresa. Now, uh, tell me one thing. You talk to so many businesses owners, yes, your uh, top leadership. Many are owned by individuals or a group of people, and they hire their CEO. When they know that business is in continuity and the CEOs may come and go, yeah. then don't they also understand that if the leadership is taking recourse to manipulative, you know, sort of messaging to the customers, it is may bring short-term results. It's a fact. It's only going to be short-term. Yes. Then is it that they are serving the customers or is it the CEO they are serving for the short-term because it's going to harm them? And in the long run, when business is in continuity, the CEO will not be there, but the customer will still be there and he will not prefer you as the, as the one. How is it that so many businesses are not able to see it. Well, they unfortunately a lot of businesses take very short term. Like you know, it, it's it's um, it's it's really about stockholder value instead of shareholder value, and so they're really they're really looking at you know. If, if it's a publicly traded company, they're looking at the short term of the stock value, but they're not. They, they take very short views and we're paying the price for it. You know, we're we're economically we're paying the price for it and and we're how we're paying the price for it. And there are a lot of different fronts. One of them is our ability the the churn, the turnover of our team members, of how they feel, because you, you cannot you cannot treat your customers differently than you treat your team members, your employees. And, and we can pretend there's a difference, but there isn't. So if you are in a short-term transactional relationship with your, with your um, customers or your clients, 
I will guarantee you that the same thing is true with your team, with your internal customers, your employees, and you're going to see churn. You're going to see you're going to see that people are not going to be engaged. And so that ability to inspire people and to and again, as I as I said at the beginning of our conversation, the ability to to really support others in achieving what it is that's important to them and and having having that be the way you approach your business it's going to it's going to influence the results on both sides you're going to start you're going to see your customers are there and stay with you for a longer period of time and your clients and your and your employees are going to do the same thing now you have to you have to bring value. This isn't like you just get to be friends. I'm not saying that. You must bring value. You must bring solutions for their problems. You must do that. If you don't bring value, it's not going to make any difference how nice a person you are, right? So so let's not confuse this with being friends with everybody. You know, this is, you know, you can, you can speak very clearly and you can be very um, direct in the things that you say out of service to others. So I, I will tell you some of, some of uh, the CEOs that I coach have heard me say some very, very tough things to them. They, you know, it's like I, I don't pull any punches with them. I do it from a place of value to them. It's important for what they've told me is are, are the goals that they're trying to accomplish. And, and I, you know, I will say, if you're going to accomplish this, this is your responsibility. And here is where you need to change how you are operating. When you communicate with your executive team or your managers or your salespeople in this way, instead of getting the results you want, what you are doing is you are cutting them off at the knees and that you have actually created more friction to being able to, to achieve what's necessary. So it's important to know that this is like being of service to others and being a problem solver and being in relationship with them doesn't mean that you're best friends and that you're and it's all, you know, nice, you know, kumbaya, you know, oh, you know, warm and fuzzies. That's not what it means. It means sometimes, man, it's like tough stuff. But that's right. being service to what it is that they want to accomplish supporting them to get what they want out of their lives as CEO or as a, as a salesperson or, a, you know, an, an employee that's, that's, you know, a customer service person or, you know, anybody or, or your spouse. Right. <laughs> right. In fact, I was just thinking about this earlier reference to, you know, Pavlov versus Maslow. Now you see almost everybody want to reach to that level of self-actualization. That's yes. what you feel about the human life after your security needs are met. Yes. The leadership, by the time they have achieved that role, I think their security needs have already been met 
for an uh, for what a human being normal human being would ever need in their normal lives i wondered then why doesn't you know the pavlov part does not leave them even there when they are so close to reaching that level of self actualization by doing the right stuff it will it will continue to baffle me for a long for forever but i guess that's the way human beings are are if you want to add something to this i i you know i i think that it's part of the journey that all of us are on we're all we're all you know we all we all have our things that we've got to work on <laughs> we've all right. you know we've all we've all got our our warts that we deal with and all of all of our dark sides that we look to manage or overcome and and so i don't think that i don't think that stops no matter who you are or what your position is or how much you've already achieved and it's you may have you you may have more um resources and time available to you to focus on some of those things i think that that um if you if you're not having to worry about how to put food on the table it does afford you the ability to think about some other things and and to concentrate on how do you you know what a lot of the ceos that i work with are thinking about how do i leave you know how what's the mark i want to leave on the world what's the legacy i want to leave how do i how do i leave things in better shape than when i got them and so there's that it is moving up that that uh, hierarchy of needs um so it does get to more about purpose and and right. impact and and that sort of thing cuz you're right they don't have to worry about putting food on their table that's gotten handled right right and and the thing is that it's like you know you are thinking of the throne or you are thinking of the king in the same way you are thinking of the company or you are thinking of people who make who are the biggest you know uh, constituent of your products or services that's right. that's a wider question and that each will have to look in a, in their own manner right. now coming back to the reality of you know uh, sales now uh, you see elevator pitch elevators are becoming faster and faster with the change of technology so your your time is very short there yes so the pitch yes. has to be very quick yeah how does that sales pitch work in today's time does he have to be very direct listen listen man i just you know Uh, I hurt your dog early in the morning with my bike, but I went to the my office and I've got something very good—some medical product which can cure him immediately. What do you say? This how does right. a salesperson work in today's time, and well, with the right sort of non-manipulative messaging? Well, the the first thing I think is you don't have to say everything in 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 the pitch. What you have to do is. is engage and interest. So the main the the first thing is is did you get my attention and do I want to know more? That's really it. So if you think you're going to say the whole thing in 10 seconds or 15 seconds, it's not going to happen. But in that period of time what you can do is you can pique someone's interest and you can have them be interested in knowing more. And so that's and and the fast the fastest way 
that I know that people will become interested is when it's about them. So you talked about a medical device that's, that is going to be life-changing. If, if, if you're, I'm going to just make it up here, but if you've got something that is now I have been suffering from itchy skin for decades and I've tried everything and nothing works and you know there's this new breakthrough that's going to solve this problem for me address the problem that you you've tried everything else we've got the thing you won't have to go anyplace else this is going to solve it and if you want to know more here's how you find out more and it's it's up to them you know, we we honor that the decisions are made by the people that you're speaking to. They're the ones, not you. So honor that they're the ones who are going to make the decision. And and if they're interested, give give them a clear way that they know what to do if they're interested. And and that's it. That's one of the mistakes that people do is they don't make it easy for people to understand if they want to have more that, that they, you know, here's the path, here's what you do. Right. Right. Teresa. Now my last question, you know, uh, in fact, in, in a nutshell, coming back to the same thing is that to communicate and influence in non-manipulative ways. So things that one should, one can take care of things. Those are, doable in whatever circumstances one is, whether it's a salesperson on the ground or the top leadership, what they can do, which is, you know, which, which can still be non-manipulative and still they'll be getting their job done in the best manner possible with the best results. What are the things that you can think of to tell them as your message? Well, the first thing is it's not about you. <laughs> It's not about you. It's always about the other person. And to be clear on what it is that you are, make a strong request. Know what your requests are. We are not very good about what we're asking people to do. We will tell people what to do. We're not very good at making requests. So we, we get, we get, a little weaselly about what we want to have happen. So first, no, it's not about you that the other person has a choice in what they're going to do. Make your request, have it be specific so that it's who does what by when. So it's very specific and allow them to make their choice. If you have it be entirely focused on them, what's in it for them? Why do they care about what you're saying? And you give them very specific direction in, in your request, you're going to see, you're going to see your results are improved. It'll happen. It's just there, it can't not happen. Right. Right, Teresa. I think these these things will help a lot of people and the things that you shared in the conversation. I'm sure this, whoever wants to get, uh, you know, understand these things and even for the leadership, for the people, if they can think about it, it will certainly help them steer their businesses or their 
सेल्स प्रोसेस और द मैसेजिंग प्रोसेस और कम्युनिकेशन प्रोसेस बेटर बट अलॉट ऑफ पीपल वुड वॉन्ट मोर फ्रॉम यू एंड इट्स नॉट पॉसिबल just on the show so how do they connect with you a lot of you know india is growing a lot of people in india businesses small businesses they are coming up and it's all a global world in the true yes. sense so how they can connect with you how can they get your help if they have to the i can be found the company is connect to the core and you can find me on linkedin you can find me on social media instagram i post I post things um all the time with different tips that that they can tap in and find all of those things. If it's somebody that they know that they want some support and help with their messaging or if they want some support or help with their sales team and how their messengers are getting the message out there, they can contact us at info@connect to the core.com and we'd be happy to have a conversation to see if there's a a good fit for us there but the easiest way to reach us is through LinkedIn, Instagram, any of any of the social aspects is 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 the the best way to you know the other thing is you get to test drive us you can see if if you like what we have to say and if it resonates with you so it's you know you can date us before you decide to marry us right right teresa in fact uh, as i was telling you uh, i'll also share uh, this information onto the youtube description so that people can just click there and reach you much much faster fantastic so thank right thank, thank you, you so, so much. much thank you thank you thank you for your time thank you for all these nuggets of information and thank you for the nice and conversation that human beings when they become sales people or when they become leaders can still be human and be good human beings till they can then be humans better than when they are <laughs> yes and at the same time the battle between pavlov and maslow will continue and we got to be humans amidst all these things yeah. so thank you once again with this it's a wrap on this very special edition of the kj masterclass now